Ask big and all kinds of prayer. Today I'm going to teach you, I'm going to teach in the next few weeks on eight different forms of praying based upon Ephesians 6.18. I hope that everybody's prayer life is greatly enriched by learning that there's different ways of praying besides just asking. A lot of times when we think of prayer, we think of asking. And that is part of prayer. It's a powerful part. But there are so many more dimensions to spending time with God. And so I want to teach you about that. Would you quit playing with my microphone? I tell you. (laughs) Now, I have been away from Ephesians for about two months all because of Christmas and New Year's and various things like that, but I am back in Ephesians. If you remember, I taught for 10 months on the armor of God, or eight months on the armor of God. And the purpose of teaching on the armor of God was so that we could pray. The armor is for prayer. That's what it's for. You put on the armor, and then you get to verse 18, and it says, pray, pray, pray always, pray at all times, pray at all occasions, pray for me. So the armor is for praying. And so I preached on pray in the spirit for three weeks. Pray in the spirit. I taught on that for three weeks. We're going to move off of pray in the spirit and move into on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. That's in the NIV. I do have all these scriptures. Got a ton of them today that is in your notes. Praying always with all prayer. That's the New King James. Praying always with all prayer. And supplication in the spirit. So, two different translations, but what it's saying is pray always. Pray all the time. Pray on all occasions. Paul said, pray without ceasing. Always pray. Jesus got angry when he found that his house had been turned into a house of profit instead of a house of prayer. Guys, I really think we're in a season where God is deadly serious that we become a house of prayer. That we cannot just be a house of preaching and a house of music, but we must be a house of prayer, both privately and corporately, that we learn how to pray. I mean, we learn how to pray. You've heard the stories about the grandmas, and those grandmas knew how to pray. And even though I tried to run away from God and I went into drugs, I had a grandma that knew how to pray. And folks, we need to get some people that know how to pray. And I don't mean one or two of you. I mean all 200 of you. You become a people of prayer. Thank you. Thank you. But you know where I first want to be known for prayer? In heaven. I want to be known in heaven for my prayer life. I want to be somebody that goes so often to the throne of God, they say, Mike's back. (laughs) I'm back. Okay, that's right. And we never need to leave there because we're seated in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Pray always. Look at this invitation here from God to the nation of Israel. And give him no rest till he establishes, until he makes Jerusalem a praise in the earth. I want to bring this into the New Testament. Give God no rest until he establishes, until he makes his kingdom a praise in the earth. 
Folks, that's praying without ceasing. That's praying on all occasions. Now, I don't want you to spend time, I don't want you to waste time praying for things you don't need to pray about. You don't need to pray and ask God if you should go to work or not. The Bible's already told you that. You don't need to pray and ask God, should I cheat on my wife? The Bible's already told you you shouldn't. You don't need to pray about paying your tax because as the Bible's already told us to pray. In other words, you don't need to pray about things. You don't need to pray for God to be present with you. Why? Because he already said, lo, I'm with you always. We need to learn how to pray that we would hang with him because he's already with us. We need to see him. You need to pray about being a great example at work and about how to love other people at work and how other people at work need to get saved or at school. You don't need to pray and ask God if you should brush your teeth or take a shower or do the dishes, okay? But you can pray while you do the dishes and while you take a shower. Sometimes I've heard some great things in the shower before. God likes to interrupt me when I'm <coughs> minding my own business. Here's what I'm going to tell you today. I want you to start praying big. I just want you to start praying big. You say, Mike, I already pray big. Then pray bigger. I want you to pray big. I don't want you to pray silly little things like this. I pray to make it through the day. Do not pray that prayer anymore. Don't pray that prayer. Start praying to crush darkness through the day and disperse light through the day. Don't pray for yourself to make it through the day. Pray that you can go out of your house and crush darkness and release light. Let your light shine before men. I want you to pray that your day is filled with healing the sick, prophecy, encouraging others, and giving testimony about Jesus Christ. Pray big. Don't pray just that you can barely make it and, and this kind of stuff through the day. Start praying big. You've got a high calling in him. Here's a big prayer. Ask of me and I'll give you the nations, nations as your inheritance. I think that's big praying. That's a big prayer. I think we need to start asking God for big things. On Sundays, we don't need to pray that God would be with us. We don't need to pray that prayer. You know why? Because he already said he would be. Where two or three are gathered, I'm there. What we need to pray is our eyes would be open to see that our ears would be open to hear, that our hearts would be open to sense the presence of God. We need to pray that his presence breaks into this realm and it doesn't just stay in an invisible realm, that we would encounter his mighty presence. So here's what I'm calling for. Today I'm calling for a 40-day fast. A 40-day fast today of small praying. You cannot pray small for the next 40 days and then once you make it through that, forever. Ask of me. Folks, we want the whole valley. We want the valley. I've shared this with you. 30 years ago, the pastors in this valley looked at how many attended church. It was less than 2,000. Do you know how many people attend church today, 30 years later? Less than 2,000. This is not right. This is not right. This is, I think this should be illegal. I think some of us should be thrown in jail. I think it's wrong. The kingdom is supposed to advance, and we have a good scripture here. Look at this. All those who lived in Lydia and Sharon saw this lame man that was healed and turned to the Lord. All 
those who lived in two different cities. All of them turned to the Lord. We have been around 93% of the valley was lost 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, and today who need Jesus Christ. We need help. I told you that last week. I've probably been telling you this. We got to shake up the kingdom of darkness. I don't know how to do it except put the armor of God on and we've got to learn how to pray. We've got to learn how to break off the demonic powers that keep people blinded and sick and in bondage in this valley. We've got to learn how to do warfare and pull down principalities and powers that are blinding the hearts of unbelievers and even the hearts of believers. We need a fresh outpouring of prayer and more prayer and more prayer. This is what we are in great need of. And I want to tell you this. Please stop cursing California. I hear Christians in this church knocking California. Stop it. This is our land. And Joshua was told everywhere you step, you put your feet, I'll give you that land. But we keep cursing California because we want to move to Utah or we want to move to Idaho or we want to move to wherever. Bless this land. Bless this valley. People talk about this valley. Oh, this valley this. Oh, this valley that. Stop it. We love our valley. Jesus put us in this valley to take it. Jesus put us in this valley as missionaries in this valley. Not to enjoy our goodbye lake. (laughs) Our little creek. (laughs) He called us to this valley to release a river. If we can't have a river in the natural, let's have a river in the spiritual realm, you know? And stop cursing our nation and our leaders. Stop cursing them and start blessing and praying. Start asking and declaring and prophesying over this valley. When you drive around this valley, stop listening to music and start prophesying to this valley. Start declaring rivers being released on earth as it is in heaven. Start asking really big. Really big. Give me this valley. John Knox prayed this prayer. Give me revival or I die. I don't know how many times I've prayed this prayer. And then I say, wait, God, I really don't want to go yet because I have a wife and kids and grandkids and I have a church body. But I have prayed this prayer. God, if you won't give us revival, take me home. I mean, that's how I felt about this. I can't take it to stay at this level. I can't take it that we've been called to see a valley turn for Christ and we're the same size as we were 30 years ago. Oh, we got better music. We got fancy. Yeah, and I got this thing right here. And I can get. Who cares? <laughs> Who cares if people are lost and in desperate need of Jesus? And I, 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 this week I prayed this prayer. I prayed this prayer yesterday when I was watching Joel exercise and doing this CrossFit thing. I'm just, God, if you don't give us a move of the Holy Spirit, take me home. Let's just all get raptured together because I don't want to leave anybody really. So let's just all get raptured together. 
we'll all die at once. (laughs) You say, that's intense. I think everybody should feel that way. I think everybody should feel that way. Paul felt even more than what I just described to you. He said, I speak the truth in Christ. I'm not lying. My conscience confirms it in the Holy Spirit. I have great sorrow and unceasing anguish in my heart. Now, I've never prayed this. Never. For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ. I've never prayed. God, I'll go to hell if other people can get it saved. I want to go to heaven. But I'm telling you, I have prayed the prayer, take me out. Take me home. Take me home. If you won't give us a move of God here in this valley, if you won't waken the bride of Christ, if you won't blow the trumpet loud enough to get the bride awoke, take me home. I'm just telling you. Patrick Henry said, give me liberty or give me death. If he do that for a nation, how much more should we do it for the kingdom? I mean, they did it for a nation. People do it for false religions all the time. How about for the true Lord Jesus Christ? I think all of us should carry this. I don't think this is something for the pastor. I think every believer needs to become a house of prayer. Every believer needs to start putting a demand on heaven that will not take no. There's a story in the Bible about a man who came knocking at midnight. And Jesus said, because of this man's importunity, yeah, that's a big word. It means I won't take no for an answer. Because of this man's importunity, he'll get up and answer. I think you need to get incredibly crazy bold in your prayer time. When you go to a restaurant, just bless the food nicely. But when you go to pray, put a demand on heaven. I believe that when we collectively, I mean the 2,000 or less that go to church in this valley, when we collectively get a cry for more, for revival, for on earth as it is in heaven, for your kingdom come, your will be done. When the church I just spit. (laughs) (laughs) When we collectively get a cry, we will see increase. Come on. When we, you know why we don't? Because I'm focused on me and my hurts and my needs and my family. When we collectively get God's heart, listen, here's the promise. Seek first the kingdom and you'll get everything else. You'll never get the things you're after until you seek first the kingdom. When you seek first the kingdom, all these things will be added. We got it backwards. We're seeking all the other things and then we'll get serious about God. Stop. Reverse. It's the wrong order. It's 2015. It's 2015. We're one year closer to the coming of the Lord. Jesus, help us. Awaken your bride. Awaken us. 
it is important that we have listening ears. Part of prayer is listening. Part of prayer is listening. I pick up a hitchhiker once about every two years. You know why? Because I hear something. I hear something. Pick them up. I don't pick up, I don't even pray to pick up hitchhikers. But I'm listening. I don't help homeless people very often, but maybe every once, six, seven months, I hear something. Have you heard those things, those little nudgings like, do this, do that? It's in prayer, part of, because you can't talk without ceasing. I mean, some of you ladies almost do, but I, I, shh, I'm sorry. <laughs> I repent. <laughs> we can't talk without ceasing. But prayer is dialogue. We got to get it in our brains that prayer is dialoguing with God. So prayer is listening. So though I'm not always praying, I try to always be listening. Listening to God. Those little nudges, call them, text them, send them an email. Go see, you know, pick them up, give them some money. Let me add this, because this, this is important to me. This has been on my heart for years and years. When you watch TV, please start praying for those that you're watching, for their salvation. You know where I get that in the Bible? Watch and pray. There it is. <laughs> there it is. The Bible says watch and pray. Okay? Now, I started this years ago. I'm watching things, and I'm thinking, here's these people on TV. Who's praying for them? Oh, the church is mad at them. We're mad at Hollywood. We're mad at the filth they put out. Who's praying for them? So there's Blake Shelton on The Voice. I would pray for Blake every week and Adam while I'm watching it. And that other guy, Farrell. Was that his name? Yeah, yeah. I would pray for these guys. And the ones who I don't know their, their real names, I just call them by Clark Kent. Lord, I pray for... <laughs> okay. You're going to pray for the Seahawks? Hmm. God doesn't answer sports, s- sports requests, by the way. <laughs> Listen, Christians are mad at Hollywood. They're mad at the media. They're mad. Do you know how many musicians begin in church singing in the choir? Constantly, I've heard these people on The Voice or American Idol or another singing show. They all started in church and they lost their way. And you got Christians that are upset at them and mad at them. How about Christians that would pray them back in the kingdom? Katy Perry's parents, they're praying for her and they're asking other people to pray her back in the kingdom. There's all kinds of musicians out there. Their roots are gospel. We need to pray for these people. Watch and pray. I know I'm abusing that scripture, okay, but I I like it. Watch and pray. I pray for actors and actresses, producers, writers, directors. I pray for Fox News and CNN, sports. I don't know any of their names, hardly at all. And, and, and musicians, I, I pray for these people. They shape culture. Come on, Hollywood, 
Hollywood began, one of the first plays ever held in Hollywood was in the theater, and the name of the play was Christ the King. You think they had a beginning that we could pray them back to their roots? Do you know that Hollywood directors used to bring their scripts to local pastors to get them approved? We'd have no TV today. Pray for Hollywood. Pray big. There are Bible studies happening in Hollywood right now. There are famous movie stars and all this that are going to prayer meetings. They haven't turned to Jesus yet, but they're, they're, God is moving in Hollywood. Come on, pray, pray. And here's another thing. I want you to stop praying for church to be good on Sundays. Stop that. Stop praying for church to be good on Sundays. That's too small. I want you to pray big. Every disease healed. I want you to pray big. Every demon gone. I want you to pray big. Salvation to every lost person. I want you to pray big. Marriages healed. Families restored. I, I want you to pray. I've been praying this for years. That every church in the valley, every true church has to go to three, four, and five services every weekend to contain what God's doing. Pray big. Ask big. I want you to pray this. I want you to pray that services are scary, glorious. <laughs> scary, glorious. I've been around a few of those. Not near as many as I wish I was, but I've been to some of those in this house and some of them up at Mammoth Mountain that I was scared because the presence and power of God was unlike anything I'd ever seen or felt. Will you pay the price for this? If the church will get a collective cry, I, be I believe that if every person came into church on Sunday mornings foaming at the mouth because of what you've been doing in prayer during the week, I don't think you'd recognize this church. I don't think you'd recognize the level of the presence of God felt in his house. I think we might have to carry some people in from the parking lot if the church really began to cry out to God we can't go on like this. We must have more. We must have more. I got through. Oh, okay. We're going to do just a little bit more. All right. Uh, what I want to do right now, pray with all kinds of prayer. So I'm going to do two real quick. If you, if you narrow prayer down just to asking, you will live a rather shallow Christian life. I'm going to give you eight ways to spend time with God, eight ways, eight forms of prayer, and I'm going to do two of them today. All right, that means in the next few weeks, I'm going to give you six or seven or eight more. But I want to give you ways to grow in God in your secret time with him because a lot of times people come to prayer and they pray for 10 minutes and they think, I don't know what to pray about no more. I want to give you ways to linger in the presence of God. So the first form, which I'm going to talk about, you know, really through this whole series is just asking. 
I'll teach on that. We'll talk about that along. But this is the most basic form of prayer, and it's a vital kind of prayer, the church praying and asking God. But the second thing I want to talk to you about is praying the Word of God. People have often said, I don't know what to pray. Open your Bible and pray what's in there. Open your Bible, and when you read promises that you're not experiencing, pray that. And when you read commands that you're not doing, repent and pray about that. And when you read stories and there's wisdom in it and you see something, pray about that. Pray the word of God. And when you're reading the word and you come across commands, promises, and truths found in those stories, pray those. See, a lot of times when we read the Bible, we think reading the Bible and prayer. No, it's one and the same thing. Prayer is asking God, talking to God, and the word is God talking back to us. So reading the Bible is praying. But a lot of times we read the Bible to finish the chapter instead of to meet God, instead of to interact with God. And so what I want you to do is when you open your Bibles, stop reading and pray what you just read. Pray. I don't mean every single sentence or every single verse. I mean as you're reading it and you see something in there, pray the Bible. Now, praying the Bible is something I've been doing for years. There's prayers of Paul, prayers of Daniel, prayers of Moses. Jesus has prayers. But one of the prayers I've been praying, some of these I've been praying for two decades. This prayer found here in Ephesians 1, um, getting to verse 17, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give to you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. I have prayed this prayer, I mean... Sometimes daily, God, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I could know Jesus better. And then it goes on to say, and open up the eyes of my heart. Open up the eyes of my understanding. Enlighten my heart, my mind. Let what's in my brain get into my heart. Get what's in my heart of you get into my brain. Open up the eyes of my understanding to know three things. That you may know the hope of his calling. Number two, what are the riches of the glorious inheritance in the saints? And number three, what is the exceeding greatness of his power? So however you can paraphrase these things, I pray that God give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation that I can know him better so that I can know the hope and the power and the riches that are found in Christ Jesus. There's an incredible prayer. Every single one of us needs to know him better, right? There's a prayer that you can pray. Ephesians, I have the scriptures for you. Here's my probably favorite prayer in all the Bible, that he would grant you according to the riches of his glory to be strengthened with might through his spirit in your inner man. All of us need strength in our inner man. Here's a prayer for it. That Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you being rooted and grounded in love may be able to comprehend with all the saints what's the height width, length, depth, and I miss one, but four of them. To know the love of Christ, which goes beyond my brain capacity, but to experience it, that you will be filled with all the fullness of God to him who's able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or imagine according to the power that works in us. Folks, I've been praying that prayer for years. I want to know his love. I want to know the depths of his love. I want to plumb him. I want to be strengthened in your love, God. I want to be strengthened with all might in my inner man. There's a Bible prayer that you can pray. Put it in your own language, but pray it. Here's another prayer. May the Lord make you increase and abound in love. God, help me to love other people more. Help me to love other people the way you love other people. Help me to love my neighbor as myself. There's a prayer. 
Here's another prayer. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. And here's the part that I focus on when I pray. Jesus is saying this. I have made you the Father known to them, and I will continue to make the Father known in order that the love that the Father, that the love you have for me, that the love that the Father has for the Son may be in them. In other words, that I would love Jesus like the Father loves Jesus. Girls, give me a wow. wow. Uh, that's, that's a wow. That, that we would love Jesus like the Father loves Jesus. You say, is that possible? Jesus is praying it in heaven. I like to pray heaven's prayers. That's a heaven prayer. God, give me the love that you have for your son. I want to love Jesus like you love Jesus. Let zeal for the Father and for the Father's house consume me. There's another verse in Scripture. Here's another one. I, O Lord, I call to you. Come quickly to me. Hear my voice when I call to you. May my prayer be set before you like incense. May the lifting up of my hands be like the evening sacrifice. And here's the part of the prayer that I focus on. Set a guard over my mouth. Keep watch over the door of my lips. You think that's a prayer you should pray every day before you start your day? That's a good prayer to pray. Pray the Bible. Pray the Bible. When you find prayers in the Bible, pray them. When you find promises in the Bible, pray them. When you find commands in the Bible, pray them. Yes, it is. Okay. I'm going to start point three, and next week I might preach the entire lesson on this. Waiting on the Lord. <clears throat> I grew up in the church, and I never heard one message until I was 42 about waiting on the Lord. I'd been to conferences. I'd read, I'd, I, I've listened to hundreds, thousands of sermons that I've never heard in my memory a teaching on waiting on the Lord. And I can tell you by experience that when I learned to wait on the Lord, I learned how to walk in peace. When you wait in His presence, you are given some amazing promises have you not known, have you not heard the everlasting God, the Lord, the creator of the ends of the earth, neither faints nor is weary. His understanding is unsearchable. He gives power to the weak and to those who have no might. He increases strength. Even the youth shall faint and be weary. Look at how tired they are. Look, look I'm full of energy and they're just tired. And young men shall utterly fall. But those... Who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. That word renew means to exchange. If you learn to wait on the Lord, you will actually exchange your puny strength for his mighty strength. And it happens in a process. It happens when you learn how to wait on God for promises. They shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. We'll talk about that next week. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. There's four promises if you learn how to wait on God. I had never heard one message on how to wait on God. I went to a conference in Lancaster, and he taught seven hours on how to wait on God. I sort of got it, like 
man, this is super important. This is vital. I came back and taught it here. Maybe five or six people probably got it. Joel got it. He got it. He was only about 11. No, I mean 16. But he got it. And he began to practice waiting on the Lord. And the more I gave this message through the years, more people began to learn how to wait on the Lord. But I'm going to tell you this. There is nothing harder than learning how to wait on God. Oh, your mind will go all over the place. And you will be attacked by the enemy who will say, you're not doing anything. You're being lazy. What are you doing? You should be talking to God. You should be worshiping. Why are you not saying anything? What's wrong with you? When you learn how to wait on God, there's the promises that will happen to you. You'll renew your strength. And I can tell you by experience, I have learned to wait on God in crowded places and learned to experience his peace just like that because I've forced myself to practice waiting on the Lord. Even now, the enemy will whisper in my ear, you're not doing anything. Come on, you need to pray. But there is an incredible power in waiting on the Lord. And so next week, I gave you a teaser for next week. Next week, I'm going to teach on, I think, one of the most important things I've learned in the last 10 years was when I learned how to wait on the Lord and to wait in His presence. So I'm going to call it quits. And I have four pages of notes And I have all the scriptures for this week and next week. And I even tell you how to wait on the Lord, which I will teach on next week. So if you want all these, if you want one to make a paper airplane, I don't want you to have one. But if you want one, so you can, uh, here, somebody help me here. So bring those back next week because I probably will spend the whole day just speaking about waiting on the Lord. After I learned about waiting on the Lord, we had a camp shortly after that called Super Soakers. Super Soakers. Soaking in the presence of God. It could change your life if you learn how to wait on the Lord. You know why? Because you will mount up with wings like eagles. You know what that means? I'm going to tell you next week. It's so awesome. (laughs) Do we have any of those left? I'll make more if we run out. Did we run out? Everybody got one that wanted one? Back in the sound booth, somebody wants one. That or they're waving at me. I don't know which. Okay, let me just see right now. How many Seahawk fans are here? How many Patriot fans are here? How many don't care? How many of you, it's all about the food? I'll make, I'll make, if you didn't get notes, I'll have more for next week. You'll have to get online and listen to it. 
Pray for Katy Perry. Oh, she's a halftime show. When you watch the halftime show, pray for Katy. Let's stand together. Let's stand together. I'm going to do about a two-hour prayer so Brett will get home late. <laughs> okay. Hold your hands out to Jesus. Let's just say this. Jesus... Get me good. Get me real good. If you can pray it, give me revival or I die. That's hard to say. But it's more of a cry than you actually want to die and leave the planet. It's a cry so intense. Jesus, I pray that you'd get a hold of us, that we would realize this, this is our valley. And this valley was paid for by blood. It was pa- and may the Lamb of God receive the reward for his suffering. Guys, that was, the, that was the cry of the Monrovians that had a hundred, a hundred year prayer meeting. The Holy Spirit was poured out. It was under this guy named Count Zinzendorf. And they were called the Monrovians. And the Spirit was poured out, and they had a prayer meeting that lasted for a 100 years where the town would take shifts. And this prayer meeting sent missionaries around the world. Some called it the birthing of the, the modern missionary movement. But the cry of the Monrovian revival was, may the Lamb of God receive the reward for his suffering." May the Lamb of God receive the reward for his suffering, that he suffered for this valley. He suffered to take a valley. In fact, I heard you tell me 28 years ago you were sending me to this valley to help take it back. And God, we haven't done it. And I, I repent. I repent for myself, for Lord, just all the wasted time and the unbelief and, and sin that we messed around with and just doing church and just going to church and never truly believing that we were the church. God, I pray for a shaking up of this valley like we've never seen. I pray for a shaking up of us, the church of Jesus Christ, so that we will be forced to our faces. And begin to give ourselves, as Jesus said, tonight and day prayer. Tonight and day prayer. I pray that prayer rooms begin to spring up over the valley. I pray that that prayer room up there, people would begin to visit at midnight and one in the morning and two in the morning and three in the morning and two in the afternoon. God, I pray for God in our homes and upstairs and in various places that the people of God would just say no. This cannot happen on my watch. This cannot happen on our shift. We have a valley that's lost and going to hell. We have schools that have been invaded by darkness. We have more people involved in clubs and parties and bars than they are in the church of Jesus Christ. And Lord, we say this cannot continue. It cannot continue. There's demonic powers. There's rulers of darkness that have kept the church in check. And God, we pray for angels. We pray for a dispatch of mighty warring angels that would clear the heavens 
And we would begin to see a brand new shift in the atmosphere that people want God. People want to pray. People want to worship. People want to open their Bibles and pray. They're finding something far more attractive than anything this world can offer found in the secret place of God. Oh, God, we need help. I'm praying things that are big, but you're a big God. You say, call to you, and you will answer, and you will show us great and mighty things that have not even come into our mind to do. And we've had a bunch of things come into our mind for you to do, but you'll say you'll show us things that haven't even come into our minds yet. Wow! And help Brett to drive the speed limit as he drives home right now. In Jesus' name. <laughs> Amen. Oh, uh, if people could help take down the tables and chairs out here for Awana tomorrow night, that'd be great.